The SportsZilla Show starts now. Kurt Terry, Howie, Michael, and Tony look on graphic for the final two bullet points. That's going to do it for all of us here at Channel 4 News. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm on Burgundy. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today, and we'll leave you with a... I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Do it live! I, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. I feel like that right now. I feel like the living Beavis right now. I feel like I'm just sitting here going, I don't know how I arrive in this exact moment because there's not enough hours in the day. Scoop, Rain, ready to go. I'm cranking today, guys. I'm hyped for the SportsZilla Show. I hope that you are also. There's a lot going on. There always seems to. And guess what? I just want to play something for you because I think it's going to set the mood. Okay. I just did this in the last, like, 12 seconds. He is so caffeinated right now. No, I'm not caffeinated enough. I, it's an oh. adrenaline. This is adrenaline. Really? You're not? This is not caffeine. <laughs> it's my only coffee today, and I still have some left. I'm not even uh-huh. Well, that's not true. I had two cups at the house before uh-huh. I left. But since okay. I got here to the radio station... He's not caffeinated. I call shenanigans on the whole thing. <laughs> I'm going to take a breath now, and I'm just going to share this. Uh-huh. <laughs> All is well in the land of sports talk radio. That was your reaction to Scoops 2 and 8 at the end of the show yesterday. Yeah, he nailed me, man. I got this knockout punch yesterday. We had an earlier segment, and we were talking football, and they bust them on me about the Giants. So I went off. And then he waited 30 minutes in the last half of a second of the SportsZilla show, right before we turn it over to Brent Axe, and he just dropped that two and eight. Two and eight. And then the mics are done, they're toast, and there we are. Knock, knock. And then I gave you some love and a bro Who's there? Two and and who? Two and eight. Scoop, you got me, buddy. (laughs) You did. The Crunch played an early game today, 11 a.m., against Hartford, who actually had Leas Anderson, who was recently sent down by the New York Rangers, which is my favorite National Hockey League team, my lifelong favorite team. But that also brings you to Shesterkin, who there's been a lot of people calling for him to get the call up based on the way he's playing. He was leading the league overall, the American Hockey League, and he just dipped down, Scoop. Where's yeah, he at now? He, he was number one in terms of goals against average. Until he dealt with the crunch today and lost that game. Uh, you know, he, what was it? Uh, 26 shots for Hartford, 24 for Syracuse, a 3-1 win for the crunch. And he is now second in goals against Igor Shesterkin with 1.89 goals against average. Caden Primo of Laval, just a smidge ahead of him with 1.87 goals against average. It's amazing to see he was hyped a lot. I mean, he is probably or was the biggest goaltending prospect in the world when he was in Russia in the KHL. Now there's some issues with that league we could get into, but we won't. But he had a ridiculous like an over 95% save percentage, uh, goals against average, which was like one. Not even 1.25, it was like one. Is amazing, is remarkable. He's come over, he hasn't replicated that exactly, because I still say the AHL is the second-best hockey league in the world, but he has come real close, and his performance is dictating the fact that the Rangers have got to call him up eventually and see what they've got with him. Because if he's the best goaltender in their organization, you shouldn't have him down here in Hartford. I hate to say it. Somebody else uh, somebody else can take over his starting spot. I forget the other goalie's name off the top of my head, but Igor Shesterkin, 
to the Rangers. You deal with Henrik Lundqvist and Georgiev, and you move on. It wasn't even a matinee game. It was more like a brunch game for the Crunch today. Wasn't it 11 they started, something like that? Lucas Favalli took it over. Yeah, 11 a.m. 10.45 for pregame, 11 a.m. with the opening wow. face-off. All right, I yield my time. I yield my time. Isn't that what they do with the hearings on TV? You yield your time. Scoop, it's all you now. Where are we going next? I think we're bouncing a basketball. Well, it's just terrible. It's terrible what Charles Barkley said to that woman. It's terrible. It is. Now, it's interesting, the social media commentary on this thing. In case you don't know, we'll set the stage here. Uh, TNT analyst Charles Barkley talking to a female reporter, and he said, I don't hit women. I don't hit women, but if I did hit, let me just try this again. I don't hit women, but if I did, I would hit you. He said to Alexi McCammond, she's a reporter for Axios. This happened last night, and she took offense to that and told him, that's not appropriate. Then he said, well, you can't take a joke. And that is a lot of what the social media commentary is. And then it's from people who just seem to think they should be able to say whatever they want to say without fear of recrimination. And, you know, freedom of speech is one thing. It's really kind of about the government not impinging upon your freedom of speech. But freedom of speech between you and me in this room or out on the street or on social media, doesn't mean there's freedom from consequences of that speech. That's what people always seem to forget. She also posted a picture, and granted it was dark, but so you could see she was there and Charles was there. It's not like she's making this up. She she brought receipts, so to speak. And the problem is that I doubt that they hang out together all the time. And I think she doesn't know him well. He doesn't know her well. So in the right company... Yeah, okay, if if this is a, a female that's a friend that you know and the personalities are established and you're out having a couple of drinks with a group of friends. But it's 2019. It's one thing, I suppose, not excusing saying anything like that necessarily because you should never suggest that you're going to hit a woman, but I can see the joke. But in this context, yeah, you add in, it's 2019. There's something called Me Too. There's something called respect, and there's something called you clearly made her uncomfortable, so you were in the wrong. You obviously don't know her well enough to joke with her in that context. She's a reporter, Charles. Yeah. You should know better. And I don't buy the whole uh, explain-away thing, well, Charles has always done this. You should just know what Charles is. No, that doesn't excuse him from anything. He's not better than anybody else. Basic human decency, no matter who you are, doesn't matter. That doesn't matter at all, ever, in any situation. Just be a decent human being, right? She should sick shack on him since you know charles hasn't won a single argument ever against him it always comes down to rings with those two it doesn't yeah. it? she just could have said no rings Ooh, she just could have responded with that a low blow yeah but you don't poke you don't poke the bear in a situation like that because i think the other thing that comes into play in this situation with charles like him or not he does have a reputation and he has gotten himself into some situations and he's had some trouble in the past and he's made some bad decisions and he's quote unquote his bad behavior has led to some very bad PR for him. He gets seems to get away with it. He's put his foot in his mouth before at times being an obnoxious 
entitled, rich celebrity and athlete. I think that is something that has bit him in his Charles Barkley's before. It's part of his personality. It's part of his brand. It's part of what TNT sells. It's part of what TNT has him on for. But I don't think TNT would approve of him even joking about hitting a woman. Here's the thing. I, I'll, I'll go this far with it. Let's say it's one of my early 20s young adult daughters, and she was going to be a journalist, and she was out and happened to be having some drinks, and holy crap, Charles Barkley's there. Until somebody in her social group of friends told her that was Charles Barkley, do you know that my daughter probably wouldn't know who Charles Barkley is, believe it or not. There are people that aren't interested in sports. Maybe she doesn't pay attention, or she could be, I've heard the name, but it's not a big deal to her that you're Charles Barkley. And I think you're so, you're in such that cocoon of celebrity that you neglect to realize that from time to time. My point is that does not excuse the, the male chauvinistic behavior in 2019. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, that's the way the world is now, and you just have to accept it. Yeah, and I know Charles uh, threw somebody through a window uh, in Akron, Ohio, back in the that day. That happened. That's, and, that's kind of one of the situations I was referring to a few minutes ago. And, you know, he got in a little bit of trouble about that. Look, uh, just saying, well, that's the way Charles is, to explain away this scenario, that <laughs> two wrongs don't make a right, and look, we're all supposed to evolve. Aren't we all trying to improve in our lives? There's a lot of people out there who think they are perfectly formed right now at this moment and that they have nothing further to learn, nothing further to take in, no further improvement to make. We're talking about practice here. If you want to be good at basketball, no matter how good you are, <laughs> you got to practice every day. You got to put in the work. You got to put in the work on yourself. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. So I guess we're talking some off-the-court things related to the NBA and basketball. But what about some of the on-the-court things? Because don't lose sight of the fact that Carmelo Anthony returned to the NBA. 10 points, 4-14 shooting, first game back. We have um, Seth Goldberg. I'm going to call him out on air because I had a little fun with him on Twitter yesterday. So Seth is like, Oh, man, somebody please keep telling me that Carmelo should be back in the NBA. His performance was bad. There's a reason he hasn't had a job in over a year. And then Paulie Sevilla, who you know, also chimes in, and he's like, ah, let the man play 10 games. And I'm like, yeah, us old guys out here for you uh, you microwave millennials who want everything in an instant, you got to let the, the food simmer in the crock pot for a little while and give him a chance to get into the flow of games. I still think he can be a rotation player. The point is, and, and and he started. I don't know if he's that player anymore, and I hope he accepts the role that he has and the opportunity with the Trailblazers. But it was fantastic. Well, it's also a injury-riddled Trailblazers team. And it was also fantastic to see Carmelo in the NBA. And, yes, there is a little bit of the homer bias for me and the ring in 2003 and the fact that he was on the Knicks and the fact that He's given back so much to Syracuse that, yes, perhaps we all in this area of the country will root a little bit harder for his success. Seth. 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 <laughs> Come on, Seth. Really? We're looking at a television screen, and we'll tell you why in more detail next week. Go ahead, Scoop. I'm done. Well, look, he's 35 now. Uh, kind of amazing when you think uh, it's his 17th 
season, his sixth NBA team started out, uh, you know, th- there were some missed shots with 10 points though at the end of it. He's, you know, uh, I think a lot of the, the, the consensus is he's got to shake a little rust off. It's also very funny if you read the New York papers, they're very quick to point out the, the fact that he missed those shots earlier in the game. You know, they, uh, the New York City papers, uh, catering to the Nick faithful want to throw Dirt on the grave there, you know. Uh, but I'm happy to see him do well. I want him get it to get a chance. I don't really think he had a, a fair shake in Houston. He had three 20-point games with him. I don't think they gave him a chance. And you hear him talk. Mike D'Antoni all- is not the coach for him. That was a terrible situation before he ever went there. They didn't like each other. And I guarantee you, if you're flying the wall for some conversations whether it be Dan Tony's or Carmelo Anthony's, whether they're together or separate during that time in his career, it, it was more like they, they hated each other. Well, I'm, I'm sure of it. Here's a quote from Carmelo. Uh, he talks about a miscommunication over the last couple of seasons over what my role would be and things that was expected from me, and that was a big point. And that's why he likes this new situation with Portland. He feels... It's very clear what they want him to do, what they need him to do. He goes on to say there's not nothing I won't be willing to do, but just let me know up front. Whatever it is, just let me know. Put it out on the table, and let's go from there. I love the diplomatic answer, and I understand why he's got to put that out there in public, but I'm all in in supporting Carmelo. I hope he gets a season or two more before he calls it quits. He's not 38, 39. He's still 35. There's a little bit left in the tank. And I think you'll see some pretty decent basketball from him. And how, how, we got a break, I know, but how about LeBron James now? What I was going to say. Getting a triple double against every NBA team. The first guy in league history to have a triple double against every team in the league. It also helps when you play for a quarter of them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Stop with the truth. Stop with the truth, glue guy. 25-11. And 10 assists to post that triple-double. I just want to close out this NBA segment here on the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1 and say Luka Doncic, if you don't know the name, is an absolute stud. We can go to break now. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. The Burdick Ford and Burdick Toyota Basketball Pre-Game. Join Seth Goldberg and Danny Chase prior to SU basketball games all season long. Today, no exception. Of course, it's Cornell, Big Red, the Battle of the Bayheims. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes, Scoop. But I don't know if you caught this. James Corden, I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah. It was a late, late show or something. Carpool karaoke. Yeah, which that's the best thing. You can watch that on YouTube all the time. You don't have to stay up late to watch him. Just watch that. He also did those Keurig commercials where he's, he basically like sets up a Keurig in the middle of a cul-de-sac in this yes. suburban neighborhood. And they're all out there just making coffee and hanging out. James Corden. So that's him. And then who else was in it? Glue guy, yes. Who? Vanessa Williams. No, Serena. Wasn't that Serena? I thought it was Venus. I thought it was Serena. Was it Venus? I Wait a minute. So. Hold on. I'm going to double check. Venus? Or, it was Venus. There's Vanessa. There's Serena. There's Venus. It was a woman whose last name was Williams. We can <laughs> confirm that. And she's a uh, tennis star. Yes. Okay. It, it was not Serena. It was Venus. And who else? Your guy. Gronk? Yeah, that's right. So, oh. 
Lakers game. The Laker girls are out there dancing, and James Corden, Venus Williams, and Gronk, who has his big thing happening with terrible music in Miami Beach, but they were all dancing. They had Lakers. Flo Rida's going to be there. Diplo. Welcome to my house. I don't think these are mainstream names. That's all I'm saying. Florida is Florida and Rick Ross are the only two names that are like the, the big stars. The apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur, the fur. The whole club was looking at her. That's Florida, that guy. I know this because I have Mrs. Rain and kids. So these three in Lakers jerseys with the Laker girls, they did like the halftime dance. I, we have a little bit of audio of this. That, by the way, that's Venus Williams. Get it, is, Venus. It, is it not correct? Get it, I... Venus. She was at the Bears game, and she did a really good job kicking a field goal. That's Grunk. Grunk. Go ahead on, Grunk. He says he can't say he would never not come back. Tom Brady looking for you. That's what I mean. Is that uh, Gordon? Okay, get it, James. And back to Gronk. Like, who has more fun than that? Team? That's what I was going right? to say. Gronk, Gronk is really enjoying life and has always enjoyed life. I think if Gronk went on Dancing with the Stars, they could mold him like clay. James Corden, on the other hand, I don't think he has a chance. He's voted off really early on that show. Oh, I can't stand that show. But he's popular. Fingernails on chalkboard, that show. Oh, I've got to deal with it. That Bruno Tonioli guy is a walking sex crime waiting to happen. He's the living quagmire. I think if they make a live action... The only way he gets away with saying those incredibly offensive things is because he's got an accent. Oh, he's cute. He's foreign. If I said those things to a woman, I'd get slapped. He gets away with it. He's charming. Yes, he's somehow he's charming. Oh, it's Bruno. He does get away with some things that he probably shouldn't he's get away with. He's a sex crime waiting to happen. Yeah, he's, he's... He's an HR person nightmare. I would want to think that you would want to keep him at arm's length at all times. Whether, no matter if you're a man or a woman, he's just painfully awkward in so many ways. Weird dude, man. He is a weird dude. He would give our show like a two and a half if we're lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we would need like we would need like a listener vote to keep us around. I don't know. Uh, I, do we want to do that? No, oh, that's a hard watch, man. That is, uh, that is not something that it's very easy for me to sit through. You're, don't. I'm telling you, oh, just don't. Lord. Do yourself a favor. Don't. So in order, here are three things that are most important to coach Dino Babers. I found this fascinating. I saw Brent Axe, who will be on the block at 4 o'clock, had shared this on Twitter. I had also read it, and it's interesting. Dino Babers says, rule number one, if you're on the Syracuse football team, don't lie. Number two, don't steal. And number three, use common sense. Now, that applies to the first two, but then that also applies to really uh, some other rules. There are other rules, but if you apply common sense to any of those rules... You're really not going to have a problem. Don't lie. Don't steal. And then apply logic and common sense to everything else, and you're going to be good. There are some other rules, and they have been broken a time or two. But for the most part, it's basically, since Dino Baber's been here, formed accountability on this team, where they police themselves now. They have learned what to expect under Baber's. And it what it's doing behind the scenes is creating and cultivating a culture. That's the way it is here. You need to get in line, and this is the way you're going to conduct yourself if you're on this football team. And that's something that the team has lacked for a very long time. I think that's one of the underlying issues. There was no discipline. There was no structure. There was no accountability, not just from necessarily coaching staff, 
but from the other players on the team. Because players often knew this coach won't be staying here very long. Right, and I loved seeing this. I mean, there was a, you can't wear a white shirt in the cafeteria. White, you can't put on a, just a plain old white shirt and go out and grab food. You can't go in the dining hall like that, for example. You can't walk around in your shower shoes without some socks on. Common sense. Yeah, you should probably have some socks on if you're going to be in a place that serves food. I mean, that's the first part of it. But you have to represent this university, this team, and yourself a certain way. And common sense dictates that. Scoop, what do you think? I like these three rules. They're simple. I, I don't think it's asking a lot. Don't lie. Don't steal and use common sense. And right away, you, you, you told that whole story and laid out that scenario. And right away, I thought about hockey players putting on the suit. Mm-hmm. Getting on the bus in the suit. The ritual of Arriving it. at the rink in the suit. Traveling, dressing up. And that just sort of underscores a reverence for the game. An appreciation of the opportunity that you have to play this game at this level. I like it. I like it. I like when the hockey players wear the suit. I like that Dino is... Trying to make these guys accountable. And look, these are pretty simple rules. And if we all sort of lived by these rules, our lives would probably be better. You know, you don't want your kids to lie to you. I like that Bruno Tomioli is not a coach on the team and has <laughs> nothing to do with the sports aspect of it. You can't wear a hood inside at all. Hats must be taken off at the table. You cannot have any food or drink, not even water during a team meeting. They've said that Babers will enter meetings right after the strength coach, Sean Edinger, and it's often between his his entrance and Babers' arrival that you will see players rushing to the back of the auditorium, flinging away cups of water and things like that. Because you, you don't mess with Papa Bear. You do what he says. You follow the rules. You want to play? Simple things. If you don't enforce those simple things, well, then the infractions are going to be bigger. And that does lead to expectations and accountability on the field. If they're comfortable doing that just in in their life, getting in and around practicing games, it's going to carry over onto the field. So if you follow these three main rules, there would be no impeachment hearings, right? They're not going to impeach anybody and remove them from the team. (laughs) I yield my playing time back. We we can't straighten those people out that are in... uh... In the Capitol Dome right now. Oh, I don't even want to bother. Oh my lord, there's there's no hope for us. I just I just think it's it's a great thing that he's doing. I, I I respect what he's doing. I mean, it was funny they were talking about two days after backup quarterback Clayton Welch connected with sophomore wideout Taj Harris for that 94 yard touchdown. You remember that? And that loss to Pittsburgh. Baber said both players showed a lot of rule number three. So exactly what I'm saying, it applies. What's happening? with the culture off the field is then translating onto the field and it's helping with the results that you see. I'm hoping to see some of the focus we saw against Duke against this Louisville offense come up, uh, you know, coming up here because uh, they're a formidable opponent and it's going to be a tougher day. I, I would love to see a good showing from the orange. What really was the, would. What was the quote the other day? A, they're a lightning fast yes. team. Yes. So they play with speed. Hey, I remember Orange is the new fast. I'm old enough to remember that. Let's see. Let's match that speed. Let's get that win. Let's keep that hope alive. 
after that win over Duke, there's a lot of people that, hey, wait a minute, we stopped paying attention. Let's pay attention again to this football team. I'm guilty of it. I'm back on board. They drew me back in with the win over Duke because they crushed them. I was like, this is nice to see. Everybody's hyped about this football team again, Scoop. Yeah, and a pick six, great plays on defense. You're going to need those again this weekend. We're going to keep talking about SU sports, except it's basketball, because as we referenced in our opening segment, it is the Bayheims Day today. It's really a sport, or it's really a story in sports that's far beyond Syracuse. People paying attention because it's unique. A Bayheim coaching a Bayheim against the Bayheim with his poor daughter and wife watching her son be coached by her husband and play against her other son. Colgate, or excuse me, Cornell, Syracuse, the orange and the big red. There's a lot to this. We'll break it down next. The also, before we go to break, Kawhi Leonard will be making his return tonight against Boston. What did that have to do with anything I just said? I don't know. Breaking news? I felt like it was necessary. Thanks, glue guy. He just threw something at the wall and saw if it would stick. Kawhi laughing let off the show. All right, anything else? What I missed? No, apparently not. I'm done with you. Uh, Don't turn off my mic quite yet. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio. laugh again. I'm sorry. Okay, hold on. We can do that. No, no, wait a minute. I think I still have it here. Let me just see. I should have muted his mic. See, no, I I just drove the train. No, I got off the track. I got you. Uh-huh. Right back on the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. All of the podcasts here on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. ESPN Syracuse, available Apple Podcasts. For example, you can listen to yesterday's Sportzilla Show or any other show that you like. And if you do, or if you did, or if you heard it live, you would have heard the last, I don't know, second or so was Scoop dropping in a knockout punch where he said two and eight from a previous segment 30 minutes earlier where they were poking me about my favorite team, the New York Giants. And it was like a drop the mic kind of a moment. And that's kind of what happened in a sense to Matt, the glue guy, as we just wrapped up our last segment. By the way, no, 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 no. Your mic's off. Brent Axe on Twitch said, glue guy with the heartbreaking news. So at least Brent Axe appreciates what I'm doing here. Continue. <laughs> Did that just happen? Just happened. Heartbreaking news? Yes. Just Well, see, I'm going to come correct you. That's my whole point of this. See, ultimately what happened is you got paid back a little bit for him getting me really good. How is that fair? It's That's- not fair. Welcome to life. But it was kind of funny in some weird sense. It wasn't. Wrap up uh, everything about that breaking news. Here's why it is a big deal, though. Tell them. Well, it's the first time Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are going to be on the same court this season. And they're together. taking on who? The Boston Celtics. Which is your favorite team. Correct. So you're like, crap, I could do without Paul George in the lineup and give my team a better chance to win. I totally understand that. You know... That is a game to watch right there. Absolutely. You know, I, there's there's some good basketball tonight to watch. I have rectified the situation for you. Can I have my can you yield back my microphone and my time? I guess. You already have. Miles Garrett update <laughs> speaking of breaking news from Scoop. Uh, I thought this was interesting. I wanted to get this out here and then of course we will discuss So that game will be ten o'clock ESPN tonight. Ten o'clock ESPN tonight. I'm watching that. Before we get to the Bayheims for the remainder of our segment here, because I'm all in on this game. I just love everything about it for obvious reasons. What's the deal with Miles Garrett? Well, first off, Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph apologized earlier today 
for his role in the brawl, saying, I have no ill will toward Miles Garrett. Great respect for his ability as a player. And I know that if Miles could go back, he would handle the situation differently. Going on to say, as for my involvement last week, there's no acceptable excuse. The bottom line is I should have done a better job keeping my composure in that situation. I fell short of what I believe it means to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and a member of the NFL. That is a good first step. Yes. I don't think the league should let him off the hook and not suspend. I think he needs to get a, a suspension of one game. There has to be a consequence. Absolutely. He, he did, his actions did lead to that. Grand he fanned the flames. Uh, a fine is not enough. And if we're going to go after Miles Garrett, who is backing away and this guy's charging him and, did the very dumb thing of swinging the helmet and hitting him in the head. We can't just ignore Mason Rudolph's part in this whole thing. And, Surely. And it's that's what it appears with regards to the league. I am glad that Mason has come out and said this. Now, in the meantime, Miles Garrett went and talked to the league today, had a meeting uh, 9-ish this morning, and argued his case and used precedent uh, an example from the past of how the league punished someone cited Houston's Antonio Smith back in 2013, who was suspended for two preseason games and one regular season game for swinging his helmet at then Dolphins offensive lineman Richie Incognito, who is uh, the infamous Richie Incognito, who is a, a huge ball of interesting right there. That guy, amongst um, other things. So we'll see what the league says. They said they want to make a a quick decision. Um, I think the best Garrett can hope for is maybe he's allowed to play in the postseason. I I don't think they're going to shorten the suspension to allow him to play anymore during the regular season, but I think they might allow him to come back for the postseason and and furthermore, I read a Gatehouse Media piece this morning where they said that Miles Garrett should be banned from the NFL permanently. And the last line of the article uh, used the word thugs. Uh, and, terrible. And, and, and this is a newspaper company. Our view. Miles Garrett, you know, blah, 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 blah. And nobody signs the article. There's no author listed on the piece, which is just gutless. Number one, clickbait. And yeah, as I'm like, okay, now you're now you're going for rage clicks, outrage clicks. Yes, um, cancel culture. You know, and I just wonder I, when I see these things, how often they're even remotely sincere. Is this really an opinion you hold, or are you just saying this to generate a reaction? And when a media outlet doesn't even have the stones to put the guy's or woman's name who wrote that on the piece. I just think that's gutless. I think it's terrible. And and furthermore, uh, if, if somebody should be banned permanently from the NFL, shouldn't it be for domestic violence? Yes. You're going to put this whole argument, there's no place in the game for this. A football play got out of hand. I think the weights of justice are not um, right. What about uh, players that have been accused of murder? We know who they are. Players 
that uh, there's a guy in the Hall of Fame named Ray Ray Lewis. Yeah, maybe you heard of him. Yeah, maybe OJ Simpson can delete his Twitter account, like because I don't care his opinion on anything. This is Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Scoop and Rain and Matt, the glue guy, who is... Uh, also mo- funny that, Scoop, you're talking about Browns and playoffs. How is that for you to talk about Browns and playoffs? Well, I don't think it's going to happen. They they really have to kind of win out. Uh, and I, I do think they could win all their division games, which would make it very interesting. Now, I think they could beat the Bengals twice. And I, I think if they go in there against Pittsburgh, and they, they've kind of rallied around one another, and they get another win, which I would love, because they didn't really get to celebrate the one. It was just so disgusting what unfolded in, in front of everybody. An inexcusable act on a football field. You know, uh, it's inexcusable that they schedule. I, how much time before our break? We got about a minute. I got to transition to this really quick, guys, because we're going to bury the lead otherwise. I think it's inexcusable that they schedule, this is the third year of it now, Cornell, the Big Red, Syracuse, the Orange, because poor Julie Bayheim has to suffer through this. I think it's terrible. Do you know the last time Cornell beat Syracuse, gallon of milk, $1.07, new house, $26,600, gallon of gas, $0.34. Cents. It's been since 1968, 39 consecutive losses for the Big Red. Do you think they'll win tonight? <laughs> that was a joke. I was just kidding. It's a rhetorical question. Will, Not will, likely. Will Julie like watch the game in the arena, or will she be like somewhere where she can watch it like on TV? Just like this. Because like, if, uh, if I was her, I wouldn't want the cameras on me all the time, watching me wince and cringe no. and and you know white knuckle wring my hands. You know, I mean, uh, gosh. Do she, you think she'll be texting Jim during the game? No. <laughs> no. As in. Once he's done in the locker room, he'll come back to about 50 texts from her going, oh, my God, stop, stop, stop. Why did you do that? (laughs) No. We'll see her. She's going to be on camera the whole game. We'll know if she's on the phone. Who's she texting, Jim? Jim, you're in trouble when you get home tonight. You're you're sleeping on the couch. I don't think any of those things are going to happen. No, I don't either. It's got to be terrible to be in her position, though. I just I feel so bad for her. Would you want to coach your child against Another one of your children. It's a very unique situation. Jim has even said that. We actually have... He's proud, though. I think he's proud. He is. We have some audio. We had Jim on with us yesterday. We do that every Tuesday. Here's what Jim actually said about the entire Bayheim Day situation. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. You're just trying to focus on that. I I just focus on the game and, uh, you know, make sure we're doing what we need to do. And, you know, it's try to block out the... Uh, other part of it, but it's, it's obviously it's difficult for her, and you know they're, it's t- tough, I think, to get through it. She just hopes they both play well and that we win. But uh, <laughs> it's it's still a tough thing, uh, but it's a good thing too that they're both doing well and playing basketball at a high level. And uh, you know I, I appreciate that fact. That's that's difficult to do. It's not easy. And uh, not many fathers get to coach their son against their son. I don't know if that's ever happened much, but uh, it's pretty cool. All right, we got to take our break. I'm pretty sure we got the cue from the glue guy who always keeps us on point and on time. I have one more comment from Jim about this subject and a couple of other things before we wrap it up in our final segment. The Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. 
The Burdick Lexus and the Burdick BMW Basketball Postgame Show here all season long. You can join Seth Everett after SU basketball games. Tonight you'll hear Jim Beheim's press conference, which should be an interesting one in the wake of a game with Cornell and Buddy and Jim versus Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, by the way, averaging 15.3 points per game. He's really worked himself into being a very good player, and I think you're going to hear that out of Jim's mouth in just a second. But Deion Waiters has been hanging out. Has anybody else noticed that? He's been up at the Carmelo K. Anthony Center practicing a little bit because he's on a little hiatus for the 10-game suspension in the NBA. Can they disguise him, and can we get him as a six-man again? No, you don't want to do anything like that. Here's what Jim had to it's say. It's not like football where you can just put a helmet on him and no one will know. Yeah, it's not going to work. He's not the water boy or anything like that. Miami will trade him to Portland so yeah. he can play with Melo. That might be a thing. This is what Jim had to say about coaching his son against his son. It's going to be a good one tonight. Yeah, he's done a great job. I mean, his freshman year he played, you know, played quite a bit. But, you know, just learning. Last year as a sophomore, he was an integral part of the team. He was very good, solid. I think he was ended up being a second-leading scorer. And it was a really good year, and he's gotten better. Um, he's having a solid start to the year. Uh, he's become a very good player. You know, he's a good student, and he really likes his experience at Cornell. He loves his teammates, and I'm really happy for him because he, he it's not that easy to make your way, and he was not recruited very hard. Of their 15 or 16 players, he was the least recruited of all of them, and he's probably their best player, so he's done a great job, and it's uh, I'm very proud of him. I'll tell you an SU hoop stat that jumped out at me today. Elijah Hughes played 116 of the 120 total minutes across the three games that started the season. There's always one guy that seems to play the vast majority or every second minute, whatever, of every game. And I guess it's him this year. He's always got that one guy that he it's going to be, I had to say it, but the glue guy that you could just depend on those minutes and yep. then you fill in the rest of the minutes with the rotation. And sometimes that rotation does shrink. Nine, supposedly. See how that plays out when you get a handful of games down the road in the schedule. I think it's a little a little bit deeper of a team and a bench against the Cornell, who the expectation is that you will win. But, Scoop, I ask you, can you imagine if for some reason – I don't even want to go there. No, come on, come on. Uh, you walked me right up to the edge there. Come on. Jimmy – Beats his dad and his brother, and 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 the upset happens while he's there. Do you, you feel those shocks coming from up the hill? Well, that would that would be uh, a huge story on ESPN Sports Center at the end of the day when they do their wrap up. That would make that would thrust this game further into the spotlight for sure. the The likelihood that this happens slim to none. <laughs> yeah. However, if it does. Everybody's going to blame me because I think I just jinxed it. I jinxed it. Because maybe you thought it into existence. Jinxed it. Yeah, I have. I do not have that much power. Do not give me that credit. It would have nothing to do with me if that actually happened. And you and will not be welcome in the dome ever again. I'm just speculating as to whether or not that is even a possibility. I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm just gonna say three things. How JG three? Uh, true, but ain't how, gonna happen. How great would Thanksgiving? dinner be this year if that actually happened because obviously everybody will be home for the week you know for the day or whatever that would be an uncomfortable uh dinner probably like, like the doc rivers austin uh thanksgiving dinner might be a little awkward 
Yeah, that would be insane. I just, I, I don't see it happening, but it would be fantastic if it did. JG3, does he go off tonight? Is that since you brought him up real quick? I, I think he's going to continue growing into the role. I think he's going to do fantastic. He's going to score. I think he's going to lead the team to a win. Okay. I think Buddy Beheim might show him proof tonight, too. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. See you tomorrow at 3. You're on the block next with Brent Axe.